as anybody who listens to this show knows, I'm one of the few people in tech who is a huge golf fanatic, playing golf, buying, wasting my money in golf, spending time at country clubs, anything I can to be out in the sun, drinking beverages, smoking cigars, and playing golf. That is what I like to do. Uh, I had a pretty sweet week. Last week, I played at the Glen Ellen Have One and Us, and boy, did I ever, uh, as I shot a couple under and ended up getting a, a free free golf pass for all of next year, which I'm sure the Village Links Golf Club of Glen Ellen is just thrilled about. Um, and, and one of the things that I particularly find uh, interesting from, from my story as far as golf and how it relates to tech is the fact that uh, I played competitive golf in high school. I took a crack in college and realized that waking up and not playing number one on a team was getting in the way of my drinking, and so that couldn't happen. Um, and so what ended up happening is I took a break. I just got burnt out and, and literally – I don't even know what I did with the original clubs. Five years went by. I never touched a club, didn't play. And one of my buddies was like, hey, we should play in this outing. I came out and played and shot like a 98, literally 98, which maybe for some is fine. I don't know. It was not something that I was okay with. And I was so mad. I just, I didn't play again for another year. And then eventually I, I started like playing and it was so inconsistent. And I was trying to figure out like, I don't have time to practice. If you're an entrepreneur or, or any person with a family or job or whatever, it's hard to find time to practice anything. But golf takes time and, and I didn't have time to practice. So what I ended up doing was looking for technology that could shortcut it because that's what I do for a living. So why not, you know, do it in real life? And Arcos app was one of the things that I had found. And uh, and I called those guys knowing that I had the show and they sent me like a set of their stuff and then they had their app and now they have a caddy. And literally I was able to use a swing analysis to figure out that I was just misplaying shots mostly. Mostly it was just under, under you know, picking a club too long or too short and, you know, bad situations and knowing that, like, if I don't go into the weeds off the tee, that I shoot, like, 12 strokes better. Uh, and so it was just an amazing change. So anyway, uh, after that happened, year three, I went from, like, a 15 handicap to the next year, and I was, like, a 10, and then I was, like, a 7, and now I'm playing, like, you know, like a 3 or 4. Uh, so the the play of tech and just all this stuff in in golf and any sport for that matter, but I think golf more than any uh, is incredible. So uh, after I got to tell all this story about what I do, I want to talk about other people who do amazing things in the same space. Uh, Mike Jacob, CEO of Swing King, is here joining me, and I I cannot wait to just talk golf. In a tech, I'm getting paid for this, people. This is crazy. Uh, I'm going to talk about golf and tech for like the next 20 minutes. So, uh, Mike, welcome to the show for starters. And and you you have no idea. Like every person I talk to on this show in tech, they're like golf. Who has time to waste six hours in the gr- <laughs> like? What people? You need to go outside more. Trust me. Anyway, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here, Scott. Uh, so. Let's let's start off with just talk about like right off the bat, like what is Swing King, and then let's get into sort of your you know, you know, it's one thing for me to want to solve my own problems. It's entirely another to like build a solution for other people. Sure. Yeah. So Swing King, we are an automated hole in one contest. Uh, So we go and install a technology based solution at courses and run hole in one contests for the courses. Golfers can enter at any point in time. Uh, They win big cash prizes. And if they have a winning shot, they get a video trophy of that championship hole in one moment. Yep. Uh, So I have one hole in one. Uh, It was pretty amazing. I had no idea that I hit it in the hole, so we walked around forever trying to find it, and eventually I went to the next hole, I dropped a ball, and then I was like, play it back towards the hole, 
and there was my ball. And there it was sitting in the cup. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that was pretty sweet. Well, so, you, you probably had a great excitement when you found that ball. You would have made a great hole-in-one video because we, oh ha we have so many great hole-in-one videos of our players who've hit holes-in-one, haven't seen the ball go in. They get up to the green. They see it. They throw the clubs. They run around. They Oh, people freak fist. out because it's yeah. like it's, it, never, it never happens. And so I, I see in some of the notes we have on you that there's a, a memory with a barefoot Jim McMahon. So let's let's start with the fun. Yeah. Jim McMahon is the man. I mean, that, Jim McMahon is the man. And if you're from Chicago, obviously you know he was the the punky QB of the '85 Bears. Uh, so yeah, probably my most memorable round of golf was at the ESPYS in 2008, uh, and Jim McMahon was playing in my group. Um, super nice guy, um, but actually for somebody that is famous as him, and you know, you'd think he would be a little bit more comfortable. He was very shy. Yeah. Well, he talks about that a lot now. You know, now I mean, obviously, he talks a little bit about the, P, the, you know, the, the CTE, CTE and yeah. stuff. But like, he's a very introverted person. That does the glasses he, and everything. He really. So he showed up, uh, shorts. You know, the the big, you know, colorful shorts, uh, barefoot, of sunglasses on, eight thirty in the morning. Um, he proceeded to drink probably two beers a hole for the first six holes yeah. to get comfortable. Yeah, and I, I, of course, felt that's like, well, I'm riding up. I, right, I'm, I'm riding in the cart with Jim, so I figured, well, I got to try to match him. Oh, and that, that ended after like two holes. I'm like, look, dude, I, I can't do this. Uh, but just, it was an amazing round of golf. Super nice guy. Told just the funniest stories. Super endearing. Uh, very down to earth. Um, a lot of this I can't really say on a public podcast, yeah. but. Um, Suffice to say, very memorable round of golf. We came in third in the tournament. Uh, Ray, 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 Ray too, Allen came in first, so we Another had some good, good competition. Uh, and then afterwards, he sent my kids autographed pictures without me even asking. So Amazing. just super nice guy, fun round of golf. So I guess I, that's, I wanted to start with that because it sort of gets people back to like your – you've been in this kind of business in this line for a long time. So let's talk about how you got into this and what was the – Boof, aha, moment other than watching people ballistic around the hole. Yeah. What got this into, what, what made this a business? So so, uh, so I've been in sports and technology for 20 years. I, I helped start an internet company here about 20 years ago doing private label websites for professional teams and leagues back in the late 90s before teams really knew what was going on yeah. with the internet. Um, built a nice little business there. Um, merged that in with a company called Sport Vision uh, that invented the yellow first and 10 line that you see when you watch a football yeah, game on TV. Cool. Um, so um, I was president and COO of that company for 15 years. And old people still think that that's on the field, you know. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people I've met. When I say old, I mean like 25 and up. Yeah, have told still, me that story. That. Uh, well, the nice thing is it's a very iconic product, and I've never met somebody that I've described that to that's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Every single person I've ever talked to says, oh, I know exactly what that is. That's great. I love it. So uh, I wish I could take credit for inventing that. I didn't, yeah. but we did do a lot of other fun stuff there. We uh, introduced the pitch tracking system in Major League Baseball, the virtual strike yep. zones on TV, all the car tracking in NASCAR. Um, we did a bunch of stuff in the Olympics, uh, which was fun with like skeeing and gymnastics. Now, you guys weren't the guys that put together the uh, the puck tracer for the All-Star game. We back absolutely in the day. were. Of course you And were. that was a great invention. Uh, this is probably the one that I get the most grief over. Now, this this happened before I got there. Yeah. But um, everybody says, oh, that ruined the game. That, you know, that was the worst thing ever. When it got introduced, it was revolutionary. It was augmented reality yeah. in the mid-'90s when people didn't even know what augmented reality was. Uh, it actually helped increase the ratings for the NHL. Uh, and, you know, if it hadn't been for Fox kind of adding all the sound effects and yeah. the flashing lights and stuff, it probably would have kept going. So suffice to say, the biggest, it, it, it's coming back. I, I was going to say, I would argue that the biggest thing that actually kind of hurt it was just the lack of quality HDTVs. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you couldn't – the reason that it existed is because you couldn't see the puck. But then what it made it weird was that 
with no HDTV and no sharpness, everything was a blur anyway. And if you go back and watch anything from like the 90s, 2000s, you're like, how the hell did I watch this? Yeah. The It just was so, it was like a, a thumb, like a highlighter got driven across the screen. Like, I don't even know what the hell. You just wrote over Jeremy Roenick's face. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, I, I suspect it now. It would as things get sharper and better, and we get more ingrained in sort of a VR experience. That that is, it has to be back. Yeah, it's going to come back. I know the NHL is working on. We when I was at Sport Vision, um, we were working on a project to bring back the tracking of the puck and the players and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. We also did some fun stuff in golf. We helped develop a system that's going to be rolled out. It's actually in the process of being rolled out now to track all the putts and all the shots coming into the green to add to a, a new layer of data in Shot Lake, but kind of this was a long wind up to get to your question which was you know the swing king business um so i'd been with sport vision for 15 years we sold that at the end of 2016 uh and i took a couple of months off uh after 20 straight years in the sports industry uh and i was looking around to try to figure out what's gonna be my next professional opportunity uh and i met up with a guy named greg kaplan who was the founder and ceo of redbox the dvd rental company we just had its former chief innovation officer, Mark Ackler, was on our stage at the end of this past month. I know Mark very yep. well. He used to be an investor in Sport Vision, so there's a lot of synergy going on here on the podcast. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing all right. He's yeah. had a couple exits on that. Math on Ventures, our, yes. Like uh, great guy. I love Mark. Um, so uh, they had started, so Greg and his partner, Eric Hurston, had started Swing King back in beginning of 2015. And the idea was pretty simple. It's like, hey, we, we know this Redbox model is super profitable where we go and install a piece of technology in front of a Walmart or a Kroger and it rents a DVD and there's nobody there. They call it unattended retail. And so the concept was, can we do that in other places? And they hit upon this golf idea. And other people had tried this in the past, but nobody could really figure out the technology. Yeah. And Eric, uh, who's my partner in the business today, um, really figured that out. He's a brilliant guy. He helped roll out 45,000 Redbox machines. Uh, and so he kind of figured out the technology piece. They got that up and running in 2015, started to scale a little bit in 2016, get some uh, reference customers and get some experience, a little fine-tune the model. And then I met up with them at the beginning of 2017, and they said, hey, you know, we're kind of at the point where we're looking for somebody who's got some experience in sports and technology and who's scaled companies into the, you know, into That's a... That's literally a, your background. Like, literally quite literally, background. Like the, the job description just is you. Yeah. So, like, uh, so we met up, and uh, it was funny. Eric and I scheduled to meet for a coffee for 30 minutes and like three hours later we were still talking and we said all right maybe there's something here how it goes that's, yeah that's always uh, like, we, it's so funny you mentioned because like Stuart frankel was from narrative science was on just before you he just left here and we were talking about red box again and like coming off of mark eckley this is like my fifth thing in a row that comes back to red box and sort of this like passive income model and where the disruption can be something as it's complex but it's as simple as how do you make something that people want to do easily daily that they always would do and just make it easier for them on their own sort of convenience? And that was always the problem. Like from a golf standpoint, everything in golf, you have to like, especially if you live in the city, everything in golf, you have to drive to some club and you've got to be open and you got to like, it's just, it's a pain in the butt. Like even buying clubs is, is not easy for golf. And it's like some of the, some of the, and not to just go specifically into retail and golf, but like some of the problems that golf, has that it seems to for whatever reason not be able to solve are like in my opinion as a technologist like really stupid and simple like you just get rid of the barriers like that yeah. it's not that complicated so it's funny i've learned I, I thought i knew a ton about golf coming in here and i've learned a lot about the industry itself i mean the industry the golf industry itself is very robust a lot of people think oh golf's dying why would you yeah. you know you're a smart guy why would you go into golf it's it's you know it's shrinking yeah. it, it's actually not there's 24 million active golfers in the u.s. Uh, and the largest single segment now is millennials. So 
that, that, that right there shocked me, that millennials that is, are, are the largest single That's segment of golf. Um, and courses themselves, after the financial crisis in 2008, they were kind of overbuilt for 20 years leading up to the financial crisis because yep. people were building golf courses to sell homes. So yep. the supply side shrank after 08, probably about 10%, uh, but the number of rounds has stayed flat. So that means that you know, 10% less courses, same number of rounds, you know, the rest of the courses are doing more rounds. So yep. golf is very robust, but courses are challenged to find new revenue streams. They're competing with things like simulators, Top Golf, yep. you know, great experience. Top Golf is a great experience. It's a, yep. it's a ton of fun. And so what we're trying to do is, hey, how do we take swing? How do we build a company that kind of brings the Top Golf environment to the golf course? And I think we do that in a little bit of a way with Swing King. So it's a hole-in-one contest. Anybody can enter it at any time. You don't need to wait for a charity outing or something where somebody's out there on the course with an umbrella trying to sell you something. You can enter at any time. We have a model that's flexible. You can go from $1,000 all the way up to a million dollars for one swing. Uh, we're about to introduce some really- great insurance. We, we do. We have got we, some great Lords of London, whatever, London, we, whatever. We have a Lloyd's of London Lloyd's syndicate London. that underwrites <laughs> us. That's exactly right. Uh, and so we can go up to a million dollars. We're about to introduce this- Unbelievable! You're gonna love this. We're gonna do a Masters VIP package where you get like 10 hours on a net jet, private plane, and Saturday Sunday tickets, a house at Can Augusta. Can I play in this tournament? Yeah, like, how do yeah. I get in this? You're one? gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna like this. So it's a fun experience for the golfer. It's a turnkey revenue stream for the golf course, right? So we, it's our equipment. We install it. There's no money down for them, um, and we show them how to run the program. We're very good at it. We're on 250 courses now in 25 states, uh, and it's really, you know, we're trying to bring fun and excitement to golf. If I, if I say, you know, what's the mission of the company, it's really to, you know, capture, reward, and share amazing golf shots yep. and make golf more fun, right? So, you know, so, I mean, in that regard, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just guess that hole-in-one is the start. Hole-in-one is the start. And then there's a million other things that can happen. It, that's exactly right. Pots and everything hole-in-one is the start. Um, we're already on some courses now offering, you know, prizes to hit the green and within the flag stick. And a, a lot of what I want to do. A straight shot would be like every course, every single large, well, anyone, but like large male who steps up is expected to crush the ball. <laughs> and they do not. So putting a contest there just seems most obvious. Yeah, well, you mentioned crushing the ball. I interviewed a guy this morning for a position who was a finalist in a long drive competition. There you go. He hit the ball 402 yards to win his regional. It's With like a 42-inch <laughs> shaft or whatever it is, 60-inch shaft, whatever these guys do. It's absolutely Yeah, well, I can't hit the ball 400 yards. But, yes, the idea is we, we want to be really good at hole-in-one. We think there's a tremendous opportunity here to create great new revenue streams for the course, add fun and excitement, add an amenity that differentiates the course, and then over time, we're, we're layering in new technology. It's a lot of my background at sure. Sport Vision. Figure out what's the other stuff we can do to make this fun and exciting. We've got a, uh, a driving range prototype that we're going to be rolling out later this summer at a course in Chicago. We're still kind of yep. fine-tuning that. But imagine you go out, you get a bucket of balls at the range, and the the ball on top is the money ball. It's colored gold, yeah. like the three-point competition. You take that ball and you hit it. <laughs> hit it. You get to hit that ball towards the target. Uh, out on the range, and if you dunk it, you get a thousand bucks. I mean, you know, it's just it's fun. It's, it's exciting. Top golfing everywhere. It's exactly right. It's I'm exactly sure they love right. You. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm sure they can actually work together with you, but uh, it. So I mean, I want to kind of tie this all together with you, um, and nerd out a little bit on on just sort of the what I think is the game changing part of this. I mean, the obvious part to golf is applicable, and I'm sure that there's pop a shot and other things you guys can get into. It doesn't necessarily have to be just golf at this stage. The technology is the play. Uh, I have long since thought this we kind of teased about it talking about the nhl stuff yeah that um as gaming goes as as gaming and twitch tv and things like that become more popular the expectation the savior of sports 
if you want to get the young kids out of their house and actually play them is to gamify them and the viewing experience needs to be gamified and i always thought in hockey as an example uh speaking of the the slap shot stuff was i always thought that the the best hockey gaming experience i remember was nhl 97 that was just or like like 95 to 97 on super nintendo because it would have the guy would circle and highlight and it was just a really interesting thing the application that with technology that we can do now by by layering these type of digital experiences on top of the actual games we're playing i think is going to be like sports 2 3.0 i mean i I think and then you know i don't want to get into the gambling stuff but like the gambling piece of this that can be layered on here is uh like the nba and things that sports can be can be bet on now is it's it's going to come together in a way where we're going to see a merge of sports and video gaming and TV and media like never before. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you know, our, our contest today is a game of skill, right? Yep. So all the regulation that's been kind of talked about in the media yep. about gambling and the Supreme Court ruling and all that kind so, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're good. Now, we're, yeah. we're kind of, we're a game of skill, so we're outside of that. But yep. now, with as things change, it does open up some new opportunities for us. I mean, if you look at the sports betting market in Europe, uh, which is extremely robust, and obviously the U.S. is modeling after yep. that. Seventy percent of all the bets that are placed are placed on events that happen within the confines of the game. Yep. So, you know, when we were growing up, if somebody made a bet, it was, you know, who's going to win? What's the point spread? You know, nobody wants to make that bet anymore. Now yep. it's all about, you know, who's going to make the next shot? Is it going to yep. be a two-pointer? Is it going to be a three-pointer? It's and micro so bets. Everybody it's, wants it's micro, micro bets. And so... I think, again, our mission is to make golf more fun uh, and capture and reward and share great shots. This is going to open up a lot of really interesting avenues for us down the road where we, you know, you and I can be playing. You know, maybe you're at, at, out in Glen Ellen playing in this tournament and I'm in, you know, somewhere else in the city playing golf. And we can kind of have little side games going amongst ourselves, even though we're not at the same yeah, course. To- to- totally. I, and I think I think that's actually going to be i don't think it's just gonna be like a thing that's cool and unique and you can like a value prop i think it's going to be legitimately why we go out and play i mean the the gamification element of the of of how we play sports now i just i can't i can't even like verbalize how game changing i think it really is for what we're doing yeah yeah i mean i so i i totally agree i think that's where sports and technology is going i think that gives us a ton of new avenues with swing king um, to open up and again the one thing that we add that just people don't have at all is this video element I mean yep. it, it's unbelievable we had over 50 hole-in-ones last year and nine times out of ten when somebody hits a hole-in-one the first thing they want is the video not to check sure because right? it's like yeah I hit a hole-in-one no one's gonna Dude, believe I hit this. a hole-in-one I want to no show everyone I know and if it doesn't you know in this day and age if it didn't happen on video people don't believe it really happened yeah. so we give people that video trophy which they love um, and I think that video is also going to be another sort of leg in our strategy going forward because we're capturing all this HD video. And today, you know, just because of kind of the way we're set up and what we're focused on, we're not doing a whole lot with it. But there's a an opportunity down the road where every time somebody enters the contest, okay, maybe you didn't hit a hole in one, but here's a video of your swing. Here's a here's a video of you, you know, on that hole. Here's a video of you making that 40-foot putt. Um, you know, so there's just there's just so many legs that we can go off of this well, thing. Yeah, and the, the revenue. I mean, I'm thinking from a business standpoint. I look at the revenue opportunities. It's like, yeah, you could sell it back to the consumer. Maybe you could sell it to the courses themselves and its marketing materials. It's like there's so many places to go with this uh, that it's incredible. What is the one thing in all of this that you are the most excited about? You know, I really enjoy at at, at the highest level. I feel like we're really. St- 
helping to start to grow the game of golf back, right? And like I said, it's a very, it's a huge industry. It's a steady industry. Um, there's a lot of very devoted fans, but you know, just watching what Top Golf has done and trying to get people who probably wouldn't think about playing golf now they're getting interested. Now we're getting those people to the course. We're showing them, you know, how they can have some extra fun on the course, yeah. do some things. Um, that that gets me excited. Um, I'm also just excited by this this building phase, right? I mean, I've been involved in a lot of you know small companies and helping grow and scale them. Uh, that that to me is really the fun part right now: building the team, watching people grow, take on new responsibilities, push themselves, you know, hitting stretch goals that the team never thought they could hit. That's that's really the fun part right now for me. I, I seriously, sincerely believe that this has the potential as a golf fan to do for golf what like Red Zone did for the NFL. It was sort of like. The expectations going forward are that we're we want to see multimedia like coming at us a thousand miles an hour, or we get bored. And then when we go out and play golf, I think one of the things that millennials struggle with is they get bored. It's like I've never seen more people on the nine-hole course at our local course than I do now, and it's because they they like they don't want to play all eighteen. It's like it's, you just got to give them more to do. Like right. there's got to be more incentive for them to play, and then they would play eighteen. So, so we have we so we're gonna love this. So we just signed a strategic partnership with Greg Norman uh, a couple of months ago. So yep. uh, Greg Norman has been fabulously successful as a business person. Obviously a yeah. tremendous golfer. You know, multi major. If they winner. make it, he'll sell it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, tremendous guy by the way. So we partnered with them. They put together a content play with Verizon and Club Car, which is a cart manufacturer. It's called Shark Experience. And yep. so what this is is an interactive touchscreen in the golf cart that you, there's Bluetooth speakers in the cart so you can connect your phone. There's streaming satellite radio. There's live sports so you can watch a football game. There's golf tips from Greg, you know, videos, all this kind of content on the screen. Uh, we've signed on to be their global exclusive hole-in-one partner. So you'll be able to enter the hole-in-one contest from the touchscreen in your cart during the round. Nice. And so, again, that's kind of that idea. It's like, look, People don't want to be apart from technology for five hours. They want to be out there. They want to have yeah. their live sports. They want to have their music. They want to be able to enter contests. They want to be able to press the screen and, and ask the beverage cart to come over and drop off that next round of drinks. Uh, so all this is, is, you know, this is happening now. It's being rolled out. And the best part is we're going to be partnering with them so you can enter the contest right there on the course. I, I don't want to start any bad habits for any young people out there, but I'm just going to tell you, uh, there is nothing quite like putting for dough. There's nothing <laughs> quite like hitting the ball knowing that there's like a hundo on the line. Right. So when you, it's a game changer. Uh, you know, and and it's funny too because so you know much like people when they buy a lottery ticket they kind of spend the month you know spending the money yep. or spend the week spending the money in their head like what happens if I win when you enter, people enter the contest and they're out there you know for 13 holes it's like oh if I win you know we're going to the Masters yeah. or oh we're going to go to Myrtle Beach on a golf trip so you get that you know I think the economic term is utility you get that utility just just from entering the contest you get to spend it in your head and then when you step up there on the tee and you're swinging for ten thousand twenty thousand fifty thousand dollars I mean that's a heart pounding moment that is a yeah that's a that's a shot of adrenaline in the middle of that golf round. And it sounds like you just found another revenue stream in aggregated advertising. <laughs> well, look, I mean... <laughs> I mean, a, you know, because if these people are going to need a place to spend it and they're looking at it thinking about it, what better place to put an ad for the Masters than in the tournament? Th there, there's another leg right there. Very cool. This has been a really cool conversation. I hope you come back and keep us up to date on this. Where do people go to find out and keep up with, uh, with Swing King? So swingking.com um, is, is our website. We're on a about 60 courses in Illinois right now and about 250 nationally and uh, expanding every week. So really we need appreciate to get you, you. We need to get you to Village Links of Glen Ellen because I want to play. Next year, I don't have to pay for the round so I can put all my money in this. I love it. All right, we're, we're going to talk after this podcast is over. Whoever you need to know from, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming.
coming and I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course, you can catch this episode of more at technory.com. Download the podcast on iTunes and stay connected. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Technory. Follow me. Boom, that's a wrap. <laughs>